Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm glad you've returned today. Uh, if you will be opening up to Jonah chapter 2. We uh, will probably be able to look at this entire chapter today. It's a very short short chapter. Most Actually, the entire book of Jonah is relatively short. And just simply because of the nature of it, it's a lot easier uh, to cover more of it than perhaps with other other books like Obadiah and Joel that require maybe a little bit more explanation with different things. But uh, here in, in chapter 2, it picks up right where we left off at the end of chapter 1 where Jonah has been swallowed by the great fish. And so in verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Now the the term Sheol used here in verse 2 is the term that is often used in relation to the place of the dead, the grave. Uh, even as we look at in, in the New Testament, I believe it's in Luke 18 with the uh, rich man and Lazarus, whenever the rich man was in uh, torment and Lazarus was in paradise, that realm of the dead, we also sometimes call it the place of waiting, things of that nature. Uh, and so whenever Jonah is, uses that word here in, in verse 2, he's talking about the fact that in his mind, death seemed inevitable. And when you think about it, I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. He's, he, uh, he's been swallowed by this, this great fish, and he's been in the belly. We don't know exactly how long he had been in it by the time he made uh, this prayer and prayed this prayer to God. I would... I would hope that that it wouldn't have been too long before uh, he kind of woke up and, and started praying to God, but we don't know exactly. But again, his, his usage of the term Sheol here is, is just describing the fact that not that he had died, because he does say, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, not that he had already died or that he had already passed on into into that place of waiting, into paradise, torment, that realm of the dead. Not that he had already died, but that that death seemed inevitable. And so he cried out to God, and it says, You heard my voice, there at the end of verse 2. It says, For you cast me into the deep and into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, all your waves and all, and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Now, he's kind of describing the events, of course, him being tossed over the ship as well as being swallowed by this fish and the condition that he was now in. And in verse 4, we kind of see that, that turn. Uh, he says, I'm driven from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Uh, I guess there's a couple of different ways of looking at this. One of, one of these things you could, I guess, look at it in the sense of Jonah putting his trust in God, that God was going to deliver him out of that, and one day he would return to uh, Jerusalem to observe and worship God uh, again. But also I think another way one could, could view this is, is not necessarily him saying literally going to Jerusalem again, but he he was directing himself and his mind and his heart and his attitude back to God as represented by his holy temple. 
And so either either way, it's that idea of Jonah there in verse 4, recognizing that what he had done was wrong, that he has now been, though he had been trying to flee from God, of course you can't flee from him, but he had realized that he was now, because of his sins, because of what he had done, being driven away from God, and he wants to come back to him and serve him. And then in verse 5 it says, The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. And the roots of the mountains I went down, uh, at the roots of the mountain rather, uh, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up, uh, brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. This is also important here because, again, he's describing his just dire situation. And I don't even think dire is, is even a great word to describe the situation that he was in. But he says even at the roots of the mountains, he had gone down. That, again, just describing him being in that fish and, and just being submerged in the ocean for those three days and the depths to which he would have gone. But he, he gives God the credit for delivering him. It says, yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God, because it was only it was God that caused this to happen. It was God that caused the storm. It was God that caused the great fish to come and swallow him. And it would only be God that could deliver him. And so him giving God the credit for what he had done. And then continuing in verse 7, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who, who pay regard to vain idols for forsake their hope of steadfast love. Him making the point there in verse 8 that anyone who worships idols, who uh, submits to them, bows down to them, they are rejecting, they're rejecting God who according to 1 John uh, chapter 2, I believe it is, who is love. And so what he's saying here in verse 8 is those that obey these idols they're forsaking their hope of steadfast love because they have rejected the one true living God who is love and merciful. So they've rejected their own hope. And then in verse 9, he says, But I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. When I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That again, that idea of him, he's not going to follow idols. He's not going to bow down or to submit to any other so-called God, but that he was going to serve the one true God. And as he says there in verse 9, he's going to sacrifice to him, but also what he had vowed he will pay. Now, this could mean any number of things, but it's I think it's possible and maybe even most likely that what he's talking about here is, is himself. Vowing to give himself to live a life that is faithful to God and he was going to fulfill that vow and make good on it and pay that in that sense. And then at the end of, of the chapter in verse 10, it says, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So we have this entire account from the end of chapter 1 here to the end of chapter 2, Jonah being in the fish for three days and three nights and praying to God, pleading for God to deliver him out of that and giving God, of course, the credit for delivering him out of it because it was only God that could do it. And vowing to himself, or vowing to God, rather, 
once again that he would would serve him. But that's chapter two. Uh, we'll look at chapter three, possibly be able to get through the entirety of chapter three on Friday. But either way, I'm glad that you have tuned in today, and I hope that you'll come back on Friday as we'll pick up in chapter three.